You're listening to Chris Scott on FM 105, Down Community Radio. Welcome along to the Chris Scott Show on FM 105, Down Community Radio, here for your ears only, and thank you for joining me. Hope you'll stay with me for the next hour. First track of tonight has really sewn up the theme of tonight's programme, and that was Status Quo, of course, from 1986. Yes, 1986, and in the army now. And uh, and actually, this week in 1986, I think it was between the 19th and the 21st of November, you may well have been at Maysfield Leisure Centre because the Quo were playing in Belfast on those particular nights, priced £9. Later on in the programme tonight, we are joined by the Army Cadets, set up for young people between the ages of 12 and 18. And I'm popping along to one of the local detachments in the area in Killalay, uh, who are incidentally under the 2nd Northern Ireland Battalion and F Company. I speak to a local female cadet with the detachment for around five years, the battalion recruiting warrant officer, the local colour sergeant, and starting off with the company major. And later on in tonight's programme, I'll be going over to the Castle Welland Studio Players and they're performing Episode 3 and Series 2 of The Amazing Adventures of Jonathan No Middle Name Jackson, written for local radio here by one of the players, Anthony McFadden. So all that's coming up uh, towards the end of the programme, but after I chat with the representatives of the local Army Cadet Force currently on their recruiting campaign for young people and adult volunteers, and I honestly didn't know there was so much within that organisation. So we'll join them after this. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. The 2nd Northern Ireland Battalion. I think I've got that right. Um, you cover a number of companies, and we're now with F Company in Killalay, who are one of the detachments here. I'm speaking to the company Sergeant Major. Have I got that right? Yes, correct. I would oversee eight different detachments within F Company. And those areas that you cover then, I mean, where, how, how far is the stretch then? Uh, mostly County Down is what you're covering, would be the best way to describe it, County Down. I assume we're talking about this side of County Down, and, and, and to take it for granted, there's probably other detachments sort of Newton Ards and on down the peninsula then? Um, that would be more G Company, with F Company it's mainly County Down, so you're covering the likes of um, Donna which we've just opened a new one in, Dremore, Bambridge, there's two in Bambridge in fact, it's so large, Kilkeel, those sorts of areas as well as up along the coast here. We're in quite a good premises here in Killalay. I mean, what are the other detachments meeting in? You know, what are their premises like? Um, everything from schools um, to church halls um, to Royal British Legion halls, the latest one we have acquired, anywhere that we can use. And, and people are very welcoming. They want us to come along because they see the benefit to their own community. And, and, and it is community-based. I mean, Northern Ireland, and, and when we mention Army in Northern Ireland, there's lots of connotations there, but this is an organisation that crosses all divides, isn't that right? It certainly does. Religion isn't, there's no such thing, there's no barrier like that. It's completely PC now. We go along those lines, um, no discriminations at all for anything. If we would see kids roughhousing, as we would call it, or bullying around, I got all that is frowned upon, and we have means and procedures to deal with that. You're there to represent the community. You're there to put up a good face, to represent us as well. And and that's we're trying to project the correct image for young people within the community, something for them to look up to in it. Um, that's that's really our goal. On a personal note, you're a company sergeant major, and I, I don't understand the ranks in the army. So, you know, who, who's below you, who's above you? Where do you fall into the whole system then? I'm sort of in the middle. So you would have the sergeant, the sergeant instructors, and the detachments. They run the detachments. And then I'd be the next stage up. So I'd overview those detachments, go around and um, speak with them, see what they need in their own area. Maybe they need help. Um, some night they might be going to be down in numbers I would arrange someone to come along like tomorrow night and covering Bam Bridge for them because a few of them are away um, if they need new uniforms etc I chase up on stuff for them manpower would be a big issue we're trying to get the right people in so as a company sergeant major you, you have a good overview of everything that goes on within detachments and so on but you know what, what was your what's your own motivation really my motivation really it takes me back to whenever I was a kid and for someone to help me through, uh, my parents had split when I was a child, so I had stepped out of it in a way. And through the BB and things is the way that I grew up and my uncles and all took me on board and they taught me how to fish and swim and hunt and drive cars and stuff like that. I'm trying to pass on what I learned and from my experiences 
to help these people and through my background in the military, it makes them better people. And you can see them, they come in and they're literally sucking their thumbs, some of them. They don't know how to boil even a kettle. They don't know how to iron clothes, first aid, map reading, nothing. And suddenly for them to come on, and you, within two years, there they are, taking the new ones in themselves as section commanders, showing them how to dress properly, how to drill, how to iron their uniforms. They become little people. Mm-hmm. And then when they reach 18, they're going on in life from maybe, as I say, a disadvantaged background, but we've given them that confidence, that strength. And they've gone on into university, etc. And they've done very, very well for themselves, some of them. And to come back then and say, you did this for me, you helped me, you know, that's the difference. That's the payback. There's no, it's not money running. It's that payback of people, you know, the kids coming to you and saying, thank you, that's the difference for me. So as a kid coming in, uh, 12, 12 years of age, I believe. 12 years of age, yep. What, what am I going to expect? I mean, a company sergeant major and colour sergeants, and you get all this impression off TV, they're going to shout at you and you're going to have to stand on the line and be heavily disciplined. What are we going to find? What, what, what do you expect? We don't, and this is the thing. If we're shouting at you, you've done something wrong. There's a life in danger. Yeah. What we do is we explain to you what the ranks are and how they operate, and to accept discipline, to do things that you're asked to do, and to work along with other people. It's really teamwork is what we're trying to teach them. So you're looking, they're looking up to us for direction. So we're running them through the lessons and different things, and we're teaching them things and teaching them the correct way to do it. And amongst that, you're teaching respect for other people. And as you said there, you mentioned religions and everything else to respect people and bring them in and to understand their communities and how they work. It's not just, the cadets is a massive big thing, it's just not one thing. It's, it's a big environment and a lot of them will never get those chances because they come from disadvantaged backgrounds. We're bringing them to different countries, we're bringing them into different events, um, we're giving them chances to do things you will never get in an ordinary school around the get there, you just won't get it. So events like what? I mean, what, what, what's out there? Oh, for goodness sake. Mountain biking, um, navigation, Duke of Edinburgh, um, skiing, shooting, first aid. They're even putting them through, if you're their ages now, you can put them through their driving tests. Or some of them can get things to go through and do that. Yeah. There's so much out there. It's not all about guns and running about fields. And that, that, that's how I imagine cadets would be doing, no? No, it's building up. And our thing is they build up a little bunch of friends from all over the country. So they're learning to work with people, as I say. And they, they build up this rapport with other people. And they know how to get on with other people. And another big thing is, given that standing up in front of a crowd to give a talk, a lecture, a seminar, whatever, some people go to pieces. You'll see it in adults as well. You know, they're so nervous about it. The kids, gradually, they're building them up. You're giving them that confidence to stand up there in front of strangers and say, my name is, and I'm going to talk about And to see them take over and control that situation is brilliant. That is brilliant, and thank you for speaking to us tonight. I think actually we're going to be hearing from a cadet very soon just about their experiences. So, listen, thank you so much. Thank you very much. It was good to, good to meet you. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. So now we actually get the opportunities to speak to one of the cadets here. Listen, welcome along to FM 105 Down Community Radio. I'm honoured to be here. Um, the cadets is a big passion of mine, so I'm happy enough to talk about it. Brilliant. So how long have you been with uh, the detachment and with the cadets then? Personally, I've been with this detachment for around five years now. And um, it's been it's brought so many great opportunities for myself and my peers uh, throughout all the years. So, when, when, I mean, whenever you first joined, I came through the Scouts. You could have went to the Guides or the Brownies. or the, So, why the Army? Why the Army cadets? Um, because I'd looked through with uh, my dad and we'd seen how they offer um, courses like Duke of Ed and leadership courses. As well as that, it was a new opportunity for me to make friends because I had moved down to the area and... I knew no one, and this was probably the best place to start. 
Okay, so when you walked in, surely you got the shock of your life, because this is the first time I've been in anywhere like this. And, you know, I'm just looking around at the, the walls here, all the posters and the training regimes, and there looks like a big stick here, which is obviously for some sort of drill. I mean, this is a different world for, for someone from City Street, isn't it? Oh, it is. Um, it was quite the shock. I walked into a room, and it was just full of lads, and then... Fortunately for me, there was another senior female cadet, and through that, I got talking to my friends, and I encouraged them to come down, and we've all had a blast. So what do you do? So whenever you first joined, I mean, everything must be new to you, even, and I know like, what the military's like, how to dress, and I'm looking at your boots, and you know, they're quite shiny as well, so there's a lot of things to learn. There are, um, I'd say it is, it is almost like starting primary one again. It's learning the basics and as such there are lots of different topics that we go through such as navigation, drill and turnout, uh, field craft which is most of the cadets favourites because you get to go around running out in fields. Um, there's such a wide variety of topics. And I suppose when you think of, of army and army cadet you think of guns, I mean is that something that's up there? There are, there are shooting, um, there is a shooting element. Uh, for younger cadets, we'll fire just a basic small air rifle and then you work your way up um, as you get older, as you build up more rank and uh, a bit more of a reputation throughout the cadets. Uh, you'll get to fire slightly, a slightly bigger weapon, but it's, you know, it's nothing scary. We've got all our trained professionals here making sure everything's done safely and correctly and that there's no, nothing goes wrong. Now, I'm just looking at your right arm uh, and there's a series of badges here. So th there's like a three star that yeah. looks like to be a first aid. So what, what does all that mean? So this, these are all the different achievements that I've uh, made throughout my years in the cadets. The three is, um, it's a symbol of how many star levels I've made it through. So for equivalent, it'd be like making it through, what, uh, making it through first year, second year, third year, you've accomplished uh, all these different things throughout different topics, like, you know, as you would in school. Uh, I've got another badge here for first aid, and that means I've completed a full first aid course where we go down to the likes of Ballykindler, and we'll be there for about two or three days, depending on how long your course is. And again, we're taught a lot of new things. It's really eye-opening for, I think, those who haven't been in the cadets, as well as it's great for younger cadets to look around, see all these badges, and think, wow, I can do this too. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a positive learning experience as well, isn't it? It is, it is indeed. Yeah, tell me this, Duke Edinburgh, is that something that you embarked on? Yes, it is. Uh, I embarked on my silver Duke of Ed. Um, I was a little bit older coming into the cadets, so they fast-tracked me through, and I got to... Uh, I'm nearly completed my silver. I have an expedition to do. But I'd say the cadets are probably one of the better ways to go through with your Duke of Ed. It comes at, uh, a lot of parents will like this, a uh, cheaper price, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what that's like. I've had a, a son went through it and it was horrendous cost. Uh, I think mine cost about £21 in total. And, and, and I mean, you have, you have a physical element of that. You have skills and, and out in the community. Were you able to complete those within the cadets? Yep. Uh, so we have an amazing team of our cadet volunteer adults and they're all qualified to take us out on these expeditions to train us with the equipment and how to properly um, almost fend for ourselves while we're out uh, on the morns. That's amazing. You know what I'm always hearing, especially around the town and beyond, there's nothing for the kids to do but this is a totally different perspective, isn't it? What would you say to those people who are sort of tentering on that, maybe coming through the door, maybe not? What, what would you say to encourage them? I would say it's, from my personal experience, it has been the best thing that I've ever chosen to embark on. It has, I've met the best people that I, you know, the best people in my life. They've stuck with me through it. And the, the friends you make in the cadets, they are with you for life through thick and thin because they've seen you through it all. Have you been anywhere else in the world with a cadet son? I have. Um, so we go on annual camps, and for that I have been over to Liverpool, as well as York. Um, another trip I went on was a battlefield tour, and I went over with the cadets to Normandy, and we travelled through different uh, graveyard sites, as well as just uh, sites of memorial, 
for the lost soldiers. You know, put, putting everyone together and looking back at what you've been through, where do you go in the future? What, what, uh, maybe it's maybe too early at, at your stage in life just to say, but, you know, will you go into the army or will you use it as an experience base for something else? It is a definite definite possibility for myself. Um, I have looked into different regiments and different routes that I can go down, and uh, it's definitely one of my top one of my top career choices. Well, listen, can I thank you so much? I'm going to let you get back to your drill there because you're supposed to be in there now, aren't you? I am indeed. Um, we're letting them have a lovely, slightly longer break tonight. Brilliant. <laughs> Broadcasting live across Downpatrick and beyond. You're listening to your local station. This is FM 105. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. Absolutely amazing. Listen to the experiences of one of the cadets here uh, in the Killalay detachment. Now, I, I was looking at the website. Of course, the cadets are sponsored by the uh, UK MOD and the British Army, um, a national youth organisation. Something like 67,000 plus cadets at the minute. And, and here to speak to me a bit more about the recruiting, I have the Battalion Recruiting Warrant Officer. Have I got that right? That's correct, yes. You're with the 2nd Battalion, which oversees all those uh, detachments uh, covering this area and, and beyond then? Yes, we cover the, the, the four companies, EF, G&H. I mean, figure-wise, what, what how many kids do you think are involved? Pre-COVID, we had 833. Uh, Post-COVID, uh, we reckon we'll be down about 40%. But obviously it's rebuilding, and it's a big... It's a big task, but we're getting there. We've already let intake this month on September, and hopefully we'll build from now till Christmas, and then we start a new intake after Christmas. So I reckon our numbers will will grow fast, as uh, you find the young people with with the COVID are looking adventures and looking new new ideas and new things to do. So hopefully we can bring that to the table and be a home for them to come and take part in activities that we offer. I mean, the reason I'm here tonight is I actually came across one of your advertising campaigns on Facebook locally here. Do you know, or I wouldn't really have known anything about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, we've well, my job is to go around the detachments that need built up. Uh, obviously, with aging out, uh, young people that are 18 obviously have to leave the organisation, and that has a dramatic effect with COVID. Uh, big, big numbers, and some detachments have been badly hit. So such as Killalay, where we, we started back in Killalay in September, we had one cadet, which is a senior cadet. And now, tonight in your visit, we have 13, plus the senior. So we've got 13, 14 numbers, and that's exceptional. And that's where, obviously, my job is to build up the, 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 cadet, the, the cadets and detachments that need, need the help. So you, you also cover, I mean, our, 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 probably our area is sort of Newcastle, Kilkeelar, Glass, right up to Sainfield. We have quite a wide audience area. So, you know, for anyone li- listening in Newcastle or Kilkeel tonight or up around Sainfield or whatever, uh, there are detachments about, are there? There is uh, an e-company which covers generally County Armagh. And for some reason, Kilkeel, through historical reasons, ended up an e-company. There is a good detachment in Kilkeel, quite a strong detachment in Kilkeel. Uh, County Down is the F Company. We've got a big detachment in Ballygan, which is carried off on the Manse Road. Uh, Ballykillner, which has been temporarily frozen, but it's going to be become the, the band uh, detachment. Balna Hinch, we have a brand new detachment building, two, three-year-old in Balna Hinch, and it's, it's a good detachment. We have Banbridge, open detachment, which is open to, to young people uh, from all walks. We've also got Barnbridge Academy, which is a closed attachment, which is basically only open for children from the academy can join. Breda, Breda detachment meeting Hydebank Camp, and then we've got Hydebank detachment also meeting Hydebank Camp. We have Dromore, which has now moved temporarily to Donna Cloney, uh, and it's in a rebuilding exercise as well. We also have Down High, which is a closed attachment for the high school. Uh, again, it's not open yet, but that'll be our next focus, is to get down high, up and running. And then, then obviously, Killalay. We're in Killalay now, which, which thankfully, Killalay has now 
growing from strength to strength in September, October, and hopefully get stronger in the future. Something you mentioned there was the band. Now, I, I know on the national website, music is important as well, and you're, you're trying to attract kids who have a musical background in. What can you do there? The band, the band, <laughs> well, if you're into music, the band is a fantastic opportunity. Uh, they train in Scotland on a monthly basis, so you get to go to Scotland every month, all expenses paid, and you can get your full formal qualifications. If you're into piping and drumming, you can get all your piping exams, and, if, and obviously in drumming, you can get all your drumming exams. And you can go like like everything from basic up to four four star, high level. We do have a dedicated drum major within within the battalion, but for us at the moment, the, the two ANI battalion, we've we very little musicians left after after the age night process. So it'd be good to get a rebuilding exercise for anybody interested in piping or drumming. Again, the problem being is if we get a load of numbers in for young people who wish to do piping and drumming, it's it's actually the instructors we suffer. Right. So we need adults also willing to partake or help. Sorry, I'm just cutting in there. That's a very important part of the structure in the organisation as well. Adult volunteers. Uh, absolutely, we need adult volunteers. Uh, again, like every organisation, the adults have took a hit with COVID. People aging out people not wanting to partake anymore because obviously they've, they've seen life outside the cadets and maybe have got lazy or too old or whatever. But, I mean, it keeps you focused, keeps you young, keeps you active. We need adults, badly. And, of course, we're, we're, you know, there are a lot of adults here who have no experience in the military. You don't need that, do you? No. Again, a lot of us come from a background with military. Uh, you don't need a military background. We teach you everything you need to know from scratch. As soon as you enter... Uh, end of the organisation, they take you through the, proce- the processes and procedures step by step and it's not all about playing, playing Rambo in the fields it's only a small, a, f- a small factor again there's loads of other activities, adventure training shooting, where you can go as far as Canada to shoot uh, you can go all South Africa, all around the world uh, and it's not shooting military weapons, it's shooting proper rifle shooting, where you get the opportunity to travel the world uh, there's even a big focus now on adventure training, yachting. You can go uh, basically any activity that you want can now be covered in the syllabus up to four star. They've, they've widened the syllabus. The new syllabus is out this this year, and and the new syllabus has been so widened to allow to allow young people to do other subjects, bar military subjects, because they recognise that that once young people got to 15, 16. They wanted to do other avenues rather than military, so they've expanded the syllabus to include loads of other activities. Wow. And, and, and I was talking to one of the recruits earlier, and she had mentioned that she had a three-star on, on her, on her uh, shoulder. Um, is it difficult to get us, you know, a single star even? Uh, well, it starts basic. When you, when you join, you come in as, and, and, you, and you start covering your basic. Now, basic usually takes about three months. Uh, one star generally takes about nine, ten months. And then the two star would be the same, and and the culmination would be go to annual camp, where you complete the subjects you need to complete during your star level. You can do certain subjects throughout the year, on weekends or in your detachment that tick the boxes for achieving certain subjects. But the culmination and also the pinnacle is to go to camp, where you might have to do a battle camp for two or three days. The higher the star level, the higher the standard you have to achieve. Again, it's not all about playing playing soldiers. But as part of it, like the battle camps for two, three evenings out in the field and how to survive for three days or four days out in the field on rations and look after yourself with the admin. But, I mean, generally, most of the young people really enjoy it. Yeah. It's an amazing learning experience. And, of course, there's no pressure to go into the military after, after you, you leave the, the cadets, of course. It's not about that. No, it's not about, it's not about the military or recruiting for the military whatsoever. It's basically we're trying to... Uh, make better young people, and that's that's the key. It is making better better citizens. Yeah. Citizenship. Yeah. So, for anyone out there who is, is interested, wants to learn more, either an adult or, or or a juvenile, anywhere between the ages I think twelve and eighteen, you said. How do they get in touch? Okay, it's changed this year again with with COVID. There's been a big revamp of the whole system. It used to be you came to your local detachment, got a form, got your parents to fill the form in. Now you go online. There's a thing called the new joiner tracker. You go online, Army Cadets website, and you'll click on Join the Cadets, or if you wish to join the Cadets. That'll take you to the Joiner Tracker, where the parents then initiate the interest, fill the, fill the information in f- for the child, and then 
the DC and the local detachment, wherever the, the, the child wants to go, will be pinged. And then he then rings or makes contact, comes down the local evening. And once they get attending, then they hit certain levels over two or three weeks before they go in. Uh, basically, it's also GDPR, where you don't have forms lying around with children's information. It's all done privately online by the parents. And then the DC would, would, would tick certain boxes, such as kit issue and so forth. But it's to take away paperwork from the detachments, GDPR, protecting information. And now you're talking there about kit, just something that comes to my mind very quickly there. Is that something that's issued to people, or do, is, it, is it a lot of money? Is there a lot of expense on, on parents' parts to, to, to purchase all those, those bits and pieces? No, the kit is sponsored by the MOD, the Army. The Army are responsible for issuing the kit to each cadet. Now, all the cadet has to buy is his boots, because again, you, if you buy a child boots... <laughs> You know, within six months, they could be grew out of them. Mm-hmm. And then with personal issue, quit, they have to be scrapped. So the only thing that the child's responsible for in the parents is boot, boot, buying the boots. And you can get boots from 20 or 30 pounds up to two or 300 pounds, depending on what you want to buy your child. All the military kit gets issued by MOD. Now it's on loan. Well, the day you leave, you have to hand your kit back. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you leave the organisation throughout the period, then they'll come after you for the kit. It's on loan. It's on loan from the MOD. That is fantastic. Listen, thanks again for talking to us tonight, and hopefully we'll be in touch in the near future again. You're quite welcome. Fantastic. And thanks very much for the opportunity, and we're well pleased with, with you giving us your support. Thank you. And all I need is a size 42 jacket and uh, size 9 boots. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Thank you. You're listening to Chris Scott on FM 105, Down Community Radio. And now I'm talking to the local colour sergeant for the detachment here in Killalay. Thanks for, thanks for calling in tonight. Right, thank you. You are on a local level. We've spoke to everyone else here. We've spoke to one of the cadets as well. And what an organisation. So you are responsible then for the kids who come through the door here in Killalay. Tell me what's, what, what's likely to happen on, on, on a night. Basically we get them in and we split the night into the first half, second half. Every night we have lessons planned out for them on both nights. Night, so they come in. First half of the night, they were doing a bit of drill. Right. The second half, now they're taking care of their uniform. You know, make sure it's neat and tidy and their boots polished up. So you, you've had recently had an influx, uh, colour sergeant in, in Killalay. So some of the kids I've seen here tonight probably wouldn't be in uniform then yet. There's none of them in uniform. So we've only two in uniform because that's all we've left from pre-COVID. We're now we've got. 14 new ones here and we're just getting their final sizes off so the uniform will be appearing in the next four to six weeks. I'm just looking on the table over here where you had an open uh, night recently. There seems to be every single piece of kit you can think of there. So what what are they going to get kitted out with? Oh, they get kitted out with two shirts, two pairs of trousers, two t-shirts, a uh, smock, that's the the shirt for out in the field, socks, their cobain because we were the Royal Irish belt, and that's about it. I see like a ration tin there, or rations and bits and pieces. That's like things that would take out on, in the field and, and field activities. Yeah, they're supplied when they go out in field activities, but they're kept centrally in stores. So a typical night, once they get their uniform then, are they expected to dress, or they'll probably dress at home to get here, would they? Is that the way it works No. No, no. They come, they come here in their civvies and then they change in here and then the same when they go back out. So the first thing they do is they get dressed and then usually there's probably a parade goes on, is that right? Yes, uh, there's an opening parade then, checking who's in and who's out and then a wee bit of recap on the previous lessons last week and then tell them what they're going to do this week. So the drill, I mean, you're going to get kids in here 12 years of age who have no idea what you're talking about. You know, it must be inspirational to see a kid coming in who has no idea about his left from his right and to go out of here as a nearly a, a, an adult with so much responsibility and has learned so much. Oh, it's just, just amazing. You can see actually the difference in them. And then once they go through each level, you can actually see the confidence building in them. So tonight you were doing ironing, is that right? Yes, yes, showing how to iron their kits, so they're all the way home to show mum how it's done. So, so the army don't provide shirts that you don't need to iron on? Oh, no, 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 not yet, not yet. <laughs> so, you know, you, you've been watching the kids tonight, not, you know, I'm not asking you to be critical or anything. Did any of them know how to iron? 
At least 50% of them. Other than it's quite a lot of them that says that they do cooking at home and they do cleaning at home. So we've got a, got a reasonably educated bunch in. And, you know, I always look at soldiers in their boots and looking at yours tonight. They're, they're spotless. So, th- I mean, there's probably a lesson there in, in themselves, how to shine boots. Yes, well, we've just actually showed them how to shine the boots. Right, okay. How did they take to that? Oh, very well. But then we, we give them the wee tip how to get them extra shiny, you know. What's it, what is that? That's where you go home and you get the pop sauce or mum's tights. That does it. That brings them up pristine. Do they still use that spit and polish technique? Is that is that is that ancient times? That's ancient. I've never used it. <laughs> and what about the wee sponge wipes? If they were caught using that, then they'd be out. Uh, you could use them as well, but it doesn't put too good a gloss on. No, it's it's like artificial art. And it's those wee life lessons that you're out there to teach them. So, I mean, next week, what are you thinking of next week for lessons? Oh, this week we're teaching the history of the Army Cadet Force, how it started out. It was a social worker actually started up back in 1860. And uh, then it's a wee bit more drill. But we're also, we have a weekend coming up and there's navigation in it. So we'll slot in navigation for their level. So you'll be teaching them, you know, how to read a map, how to how to read a compass, how to read what's on the ground. Then is that is that the way it works? These ones here, they don't know about compasses yet. It comes when they get past this level. We teach them initially how to read a map without a compass. So then, if they don't have a compass, they still won't be stuck. They'll be able to read the map and fo- and how to follow the map. And I've been speaking to a cadet earlier, and obviously I mentioned the word weapon and guns and things like that, because you always associate that with the army. Is that something that they'll learn as well down the line? Yes, yes, they will learn. Myself, I'm a skilled arms instructor, so I can teach them it. We have our, we, we're sitting in the range room here, just a wee range sitting there beside us there, so we, uh, we should teach them it's, is it a rifle, admittedly, you know. But then I, I would also teach them the one, the, the cadet rifle, which is similar to the SAE. And, and I suppose I'm right in saying, I mean, it doesn't matter what genre you go into, if you're into weapon training and weapon shoots, or you're into, you know, navigating. I take it there are competitions that you could probably get to a national level with. Oh, yes, there's all competitions. The shoot, shooting's busy. No, that's famous. We've had quite a lot of good shots in the past. Some of our previous cadets who've aged out now were actually on the shooting team. So we've actually, this last five years, we had two company sergeant majors come into this detachment. So you are colour sergeant. Who are you then answerable to in the in the ranking structure? Oh, so, well, sergeant major would be the next one up. And then you move, you move up in the, the RSM, the Reg- regimental sergeant major, he, he's over the lot. And then that's then we move up to the commission ranks. Been hearing from your uh, recruiting warrant officer tonight that there is a recruiting campaign going on here, and I think you've noticed an increase in the numbers already. Oh yes, that's basically uh, I think it's from our recruiting campaign. We've picked them all up. You would encourage any kids out there who have nothing to do on a, what night of the week are you meeting on now? It's Monday night, seven to nine. You would encourage anyone out there just to come along and have a look, maybe, maybe first of all? Come along and have a look, and it's, some people might like it, some may not, it's just that. There's a, we teach them life skills here. We have the knowledge, it's up to them to prize it out of us. That is absolutely fabulous. Colour Sergeant, I'm going to let you get back to uh, your drill. Uh, do you finish off on drill at nights? Oh, we've just finished off, they've, they've disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thanks so much. Okay, thank you. Broadcasting live across Downpatrick and beyond. You're listening to your local station. This is FM 105. Thank you so much to the staff and cadets of the local Army Cadets there who spoke to me tonight. If you're looking more information on the cadets, then I would encourage you to go to the Army Cadets UK website. That's the Army Cadets UK website, and all the details that you need are there. So a big thank you for joining me on tonight's programme. I'm here each Wednesday night between 7 and 8pm, repeated again each Sunday night between 8 and 9. And I'm going to be leaving you tonight in the capable hands of the Castlewell and Studio players, performing episode 3 of Another Amazing Adventure of Jonathan no middle name Jackson. That's after this one from Dire Straits. Title track from the album Brothers in Arms, released back in 1985. You can join me again next week. I'll be in conversation with Alfie Murray, a well-known butcher who has been in the business most of his life based currently at Three Cross Street in Killalay. But he talks to me uh, about his, his early life in the butchery trade. A great conversation with Alfie about all those early days in the business and all the changes over the years. And that's coming up next week. Good night from me, folks. You're listening to Chris Scott on FM 105, Down Community Radio.
Welcome to another episode of the amazing adventures of Jonathan No Middle Name Jackson. Last week, due to the writer wandering off after making himself a coffee, our intrepid trio, along with the Flintstones, had to spend the night together in the camper. We joined them the next morning, standing outside the black door, waiting for the druid woman to put her makeup on. What do you mean? I've already put some on. Really? Yes. Sorry, my mistake. It must be the way the light is. So what happens now? You must all go through the door together, and when it closes behind you, someone will appear and tell you what to do. Well, that's easy enough. Shall we go? Right behind you. Come on, Donna. Oh, Donna, just before you go, can I just have a quick word? Yes, of course. Jonathan, can you just wait? Really sorry, narrator, I can't stop. The others have already gone through the door and it is starting to close. The stone said it's important that we stay together. Don't worry about what the stone says. He just wants to get back to lazing about at the lava lake with his friends. Well, if you're sure it will not cause a problem. I am, yes. I just wanted to apologise for being rude and not saying your name, and the comment before about the makeup. It was childish of me. That's okay. It has been a bit strange for us all, I think. That's very kind of you. Well, I won't keep you. Mick, can you open the door again for Donna? Uh, you sure? Yes, she needs to catch up with her friends. If you say so. Donna says her goodbyes to Mick the stone and passes through the door which closes behind her. Mick, along with the other stones, prepare to return to the lake. But before he goes, he has something to say to the narrator. You are aware that she won't catch up with her friends straight away, if at all. Every time the door opens, it leads to a different place. Oh, really? I never knew that. What a pity. Poor thingamajig. Let's hope she doesn't end up somewhere dangerous. It would be a shame if something really terrible happened to her. Well, I can't stand around here all day chatting. Things to do, people to narrate for, that sort of thing. Thank you so much for your help. Safe journey. Bye! Jonathan, it's very dark in here. I can't see a thing. That's okay, Samantha. Donna has a torch that she picked up in the camper. When she turns it on, we can see where we are. Donna? Donna? Where are you? Jonathan, she's not with us. Where could she be? I've no idea. She was right behind me. If only we had some light. Turn to your left and just in front of you is a cord. Pull on that. That's better, Jonathan. At least we can see where we are. How did you know that the cord was there? I didn't. I never said a word. No, that was me. Who are you? I am the voice of the void. Is that similar to the Guardian of the Labyrinth? Do you know the Guardian? Why? Is he a friend of yours? We were best friends when we were younger. It was always him and me against the world. We used to sit for ages in his bedroom flat above the chip shop on the high street, talking about our dream of travelling the world together. That was before he found the so-called one, the woman he just had to be with. <clears throat> Have you seen him recently? Yes, we met him in episode seven of the last series. Actually, Jonathan, it was episode eight. Well, if you say so, Samantha. To be honest, I'm having trouble trying to remember what I did in the last series. Almost like it happened to someone else and not me. Did he mention me by any chance? Sorry, what? The Guardian. Did he mention me by any chance? Uh, not that I can recall. What? 
Not even as a throwaway remark. Sorry. Oh, I see. Don't be upset. I'm sure he would have told us about you if the writer had known you were going to show up in this episode. Do you really think so? Without a doubt. So, where are we? And more importantly, where is Donna? You are in the void of mystery. A dimension between dimensions. A gateway between the past, present, and future. The expanse between the known and the unknown. The veil between realities. Open Monday to Friday, 9 to 4.30, Saturday, 9 to 12. Closed Sundays and bank holidays. Where is Donna? No idea, but I really hope she doesn't end up two doors over. Why? What's there? That's the realm of repeating. A place where everything you say is repeated over and over again. By different voices until you are driven mad. That sounds like a horrible place to be. The writer just thought of it as a way to include more cast members in this episode. If we listen carefully, we might be able to hear what's going on in there. Jonathan and Samantha listen carefully, hoping to hear her in the realm of repeating. Jonathan? Samantha? Where are you? Jonathan? Samantha? Where are you? Jonathan? Samantha? Where are you? Jonathan, Samantha, where are you? Who is that? Who is that? Who is that? Who is that? I'm looking for Jonathan, no middle name, Jackson. We are on a quest to find the treasure of Le Chat Noir. It's been ages since anyone mentioned it, so I thought I would. I'm looking for Jonathan, no middle name, Jackson. We are on a quest to find the treasure of the Chat Noir. It's been ages since anyone mentioned it, so I thought I would. I'm looking for Jonathan, no middle name Jackson. We're on a quest to find the treasure of Le Chat Noir. It's been ages since anyone's mentioned it. I thought I would. Sorry, he's not here. But can I just say, I like that top you're wearing. Did you get it locally? What do you mean? You like the top she's wearing? Did she get it locally? That's not what you're supposed to say. You're supposed to repeat everything she says. That's all we ever do. Whenever someone drops by, it's just repeat, repeat, repeat. I'm bored of doing that. I want to do something different. Well, is she not doing it? Then neither am I. You have to! That's our job! That's the very reason we are here! Sorry to interrupt, but where exactly is here? Here is the realm of repeating, repeating, repeating. Well, at least it was until a few minutes ago. Now it's the realm of can we do something different? Is Jonathan here? Who? Jonathan, no middle name, Jackson. Is he here? No, he's probably in another part of the sketch. How do I get to him? There is no way that I can find the treasure of the Chat Noir by myself. And without the treasure... I will never be able to have the life of luxury I so richly deserve. I mean, I miss him terribly. He's the love of my life. Without him, I will never be complete. Boo-hoo! Boo-hoo! So, way out? There are doorways in the realm that lead to other places, but you will never find one. You will be trapped in this realm for eternity, forever listening to your own words, constantly repeated back to you, until you are quite, quite mad. <laughs> I want to sing a song. What? I want to sing a song. Well, you can't. I want to sing Wannabe by the Spice Girls. Great idea. I'll join you. Yo, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Stop, stop, stop. We are not here to sing songs. Our job, our only job, is to repeat everything that this woman says. What woman? Bugger! Now where did she go? 
I think that's it. It looks like your friend has gone and... Oh, hang on. The narrator has just turned up. Let's hear what she has to say. She, who will not be named again until the next episode, managed to slip away during the singing and just happened to find one of the doorways the voice spoke of. After passing through, the woman whose name begins with D finds herself in a desolate open space. There's still more to come, apparently. Do you want to stay and hear what happens? Uh, probably best we do. Otherwise, there will just be silence for the next few minutes, and I'm sure Chris Scott wouldn't be happy with that. The listeners might be, though. Are you two ready? Okay, then. Here we go. Jonathan, Samantha, are you here? Welcome to the Wasteland of Wind, an empty, desolate void of despair where, if you stay long enough, you can enjoy a horrible, lonely, painstaking death. Who are you? I'm a mysterious figure in a long, flowing cape. So, no character name then? Nope. I was told my part was far too short for the writer to bother about a name. Just an excuse for poor writing and a lack of imagination in my opinion. It's happened before, and I've no doubt it will happen again. Anyway, can you help me? I'm looking for Jonathan and Samantha. Are they here? Do you mean Jonathan, no middle name Jackson and Samantha Smallwood? The couple who started off this amazing adventure story with their search for the treasure of Le Chat Noir? The amazing adventure that Jonathan hopes will reunite him with his father and uncle? Yes, that's them. Do you know them? Nope, never heard of them. However, they might be through that door over there. The one about 200 yards away. What door? I thought this was an empty, desolate void. The writer has just introduced it to help you find your way back into the main story. It's very kind of him. Don't thank him yet. Why? Oh, no reason. Well, anyway, I'm off. Nice to meet you. Thanks for your help. Are you going to disappear now? Not just yet. I want to see what happens next. What do you mean? Oh, nothing. The D woman, whose top really doesn't match the shoes she's wearing, starts walking towards the door and then discovers why the place she is in is called the Wasteland of Wind. Oh my <laughs> God, that stinks. <laughs> oh no. I know, it's terrible, isn't it? Oh, every time you take a step, that will happen. That is disgusting. It gets worse. How? Once the smell gets on you, the only way to get it off is by washing it off. And here's the part where you tell me there is no water here. Correct. Great. Why don't you try running? It might help. You knew that that would happen! <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. That was just so funny. I've not laughed this hard in ages. So there is no way of me reaching the door without the noises and the smell? Not at all. Right then. The only thing I can do is try and get there as quick as I can. So this key would help. After running back for the key, the whiffy woman returns to the door, opens it, and steps through. Well, that is definitely it this time. And if I am not much mistaken, uh, uh, <laughs> yes, that smells like your friend now. Donna, you're finally here. Come and give me a big hug. Oh, uh, actually, on second thoughts, just just wait over there for now. Love your new perfume, Donna. Very you. Right then, now that everyone is here, we can get on with the quest. You need to find the bun of brioche in order to get the next artefact. What's the bun of brioche? Before you say anything, does this involve a story? A small one. Yes. 
How did I guess? <sighs> Go on, then. The bun of brioche is not a what, but a who. Beyonce Bun, international singing star and master baker, who lives in the small town of Brioche, a lovely place, once situated in northern France. That was until one night, during a fierce and terrible storm, a lightning bolt the likes never seen before struck the spire of the town centre clock, causing a vortex to appear. A vortex so large that it sucked in the whole town and transported it from northern France to the north of England. Due to a side effect in transportation, the townspeople all now talk like this. So where exactly is Brioche? I would like to tell you, but I can't. Why not? Because of this. Join us next week for another episode of The Amazing Adventures of Jonathan No Middle Name Jackson. This episode is dedicated to the memory of Charles Stone, who passed away shortly after it was recorded. In that episode... Maria O'Brien played the narrator. Mark Maidenutney played Jonathan Jackson and the voice of the void. Michelle Dorans played Samantha Smallwood. Siobhan Miller played Anna the Druid. Kushla McKibben played Michael the Stone. Austin Biggerstaff played repeating voice one. Regida Krosky played repeating voice two. Christine Jones played repeating voice three with Anthony McFadden playing the mysterious figure. The writer was Anthony McFadden. You're listening to Chris Scott on FM 105, Down Community Radio.